The Posing Podcast, the industry-leading source for posing, news, interviews, and so much more. Welcome back, everyone, to The Posing Podcast podcast. We have another amazing episode today. I have a very special guest here in the studio. Welcome to the incredible athlete, incredible coach, and a very good dear friend of mine, Ella Martin. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Um, Why don't you give us a quick little description, little bio, little wrap up of who the hell Ella is? Okay. Um, So Ella Martin, I'm an online health and fitness coach. I've been doing that, gosh, in the space now for like 10 years. Um, I originally came from a small island called Jersey in the English Channel, and I've been in Australia over 10 years now. I always forget that. Yeah, so I'm actually English, believe it or not, (laughs) listening to me. The hybrid accent. Yeah, I am English. Um, I'm a traveling gypsy. I actually don't own a home or or live in my own home. I move around house and pet sitting, so I look after other people's animals while they travel. Um, so I get to stay in some pretty cool houses, usually around the beach, and um, yeah, and I work online, so it's super easy to do. All right. And what do you do for work? Well, yeah, I run an online coaching business called Elevate Coaching, and we specialize in competition prep and lifestyle coaching for women. Uh, amazing. Yeah. I admire your lifestyle and traveling around. Um, there's like... I sometimes, when I am staring at my garage, that you actually can't open the door. So much shit. There's so much shit in it. I'm always thinking to myself, oh, I wish I could be like Ella and like didn't have this stuff. Like I know you have a storage locker, but I still, do. like there's just there's something really freeing about that. Yeah. Um, do you see yourself doing that forever? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Because what you know, us as humans, we crave structure. We we crave routine, and we we need that security all of which I technically don't have. <laughs> so I just kind of manage, I manage it with my habits and my systems, you know. So despite moving around, I've still got the same habits that I'd have, regardless of the location that I was in or the house that I was in. So, uh, and park, packing our belongings into two cars becomes like the game of Tetris. So definitely yeah. not, but yeah. we're at least doing it for the next 12 months anyway. Yeah, financially, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, we'll yeah. think we're not paying rent, we're not paying utility bills. Yeah. We've got an insurance, invest- yeah, all, all of that stuff. stuff. Yeah, we've got an investment property in Melbourne, but um, yeah, it's kind of just. I, I really enjoy that for financial freedom and the mm-hmm. flexibility. Mm-hmm. If we decide to, we we don't have a house sit locked in, you know, we can travel, and it's not we're not locked in paying a mortgage or paying rent while we go away for six weeks, you know. Yeah, and exactly. Well, we, and we live um, we live in. Uh, Maroubra, I will tell if everyone I live in Maroubra if you want to come find me. I'm always on the coastal wall. Um, her at the beach. And we're renting. Mm. And it's just the uncertainties of the environment that you're in in terms of yeah. are you going to get kicked out? Are you going to stay? What if you have a shitty neighbour? Yeah. Um, you know, all of that. Is your rent going to get jacked up? Oh, exactly. That's what we're actually waiting for at yeah. the moment. Um, anyway, I could, that's a whole yeah, other story whole for a whole other day. Um, so the reason when I was kind of thinking about 2024 and the guests that I want on the podcast and how like you know telling stories because mm. it's so interesting for listeners and for beginners or just people that have competed before or yeah. any athletes that are thinking of competing to hear about other people's experiences yeah, and that's exactly. why I wanted you to be here today um, because when did you first start competing? I want to say it was like 2015 or 20, 
16, I feel like it was 2015, um, my first show was with INBA. Yes. I think all of us back then, yeah. you know, 2010 mm. to 2016, 17 was INBA. INBA yeah. yeah, first show was INBA. I think I had a, I don't know, maybe it was 2014 um, fitness category, but I just didn't, my physique didn't suit that federation. I was too thick in the legs, like... I actually had quads. Like <laughs> you weren't a bikini. No, I was definitely not a bikini girl. <laughs> I love it. And then what has been so since then? You've competed in how many shows? I lose count. Know? I think it might be nine. I don't know. Yeah, I've lost oh count. My God. Let's just round it to yeah, ten. You've done ten. <laughs> about ten. Yeah. So INBA did a few shows with INBA in their seasons for that first year, and then moved to WBFF. Started in bikini. Every now and then, Facebook gives me a little memory of that. How funny. <laughs> so started in bikini. I actually did really well that first year competing in bikini. I think I placed fourth or fifth in a lineup with Rachel Dillon <gasps> and Lauren Simpson, may I add. Can we please get those photos I out? I will dig them out. We need dig to them dig out. them out and put them there. Yeah, so Rachel You placed- could tag them and yeah. then they'll reshare it and then maybe you'll become famous. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel won that bikini category Lauren must have maybe come second or third and I'm sure I was like fourth or fifth um that needs to go on your bio yeah (laughs) if only you beat them though then you could really be like I beat them but then look at them now exactly (laughs) right um and then you how many times did you compete with IMBA I think it was just that one just that one year I think I did season A, season B of that first year. And then it was like, oh, no, nah, I don't fit this federation. Yeah. And then where'd you go from there? Just WBFF. Just WBFF. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Didn't look back. Moved from big bikini into fitness. And then, yeah, competed a few times in fitness. I feel like I've always kind of done well in fitness with them. I've done like six or seven shows with them. Um, top five or six or seven went overseas and competed in London for so my first cool. overseas show. It just really highlighted how well the Australian Federation put together a show because overseas was fucking terrible. Terrible. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And terrible. probably the calibre of, of athletes as well. Yeah. Um, did you notice the difference yeah. between the standards? Yeah. And the categories were not big. Like, wow. Were not big at all. So how many people were you up against? Mm. feel like maybe eight or ten in my category wow, and then bikini categories as well you think about what a bikini category is like over here yeah. you know we're talking like maybe 160 bikini competitors you know for WBFF shows <laughs> not like ten maybe yeah. I don't know it's, it's so funny because you think going overseas yeah. they'll be bigger but nah. how, how great because usually with all the other federations you know their, their home or their base or the big popularity is overseas yeah. but how great that it's kind of here oh yeah um Wow, you've come a freaking long way. Yeah, and then you are a pro. Uh, yeah. When did you win your pro card? 2019, July 2019. I remember that show like mm. it was yesterday. I vividly remember yeah. watching you. And you were, you were like, when women, I find, or, and men, when athletes win their pro card, you just you know. know. Yeah. Because they, you're, you can't, you're like, wow, well, that, that's the winner right then and there. So different on an amateur stage versus a pro stage mm. though, right? Yes. You can really see the pros on an amateur stage. Like they stand out, they have it, they've got something. It's very rare that you would have maybe, and particularly in fitness categories as well. Bikini, probably different because yeah. it's just very subjective. Like what are you looking for for the bikini yeah. girl? 
fitness, like it's very much night and day. And I felt that on that stage when I went, turned pro, like not in an arrogance way, but I had just so much confidence leading up to that show. And when I walked out, like I practiced visualization, like doing the hours of cardio, I was just in my head, in my head, like, what did it look like? What did it feel like? What did it smell like? from like the smoke that get, got blown up into the stage, you know, and then it clearing and being able to see faces in wow. the crowd. Like I'd, I'd lived it all. So when I came out to do, when I came out and did my routine on that, that day, like it was just second nature. Like it was just easy. That is awesome. I, well, I remember it. Yeah. I seriously remember it. Um, and then you had some time off, sister. Yeah. Like unintentional. Yeah. But, and COVID. I would like to say COVID, but actually... Yes and no. I was in prep for pro debut would have been, when was the first lot of COVID that happened? Um, It was the beginning of 2020. Yeah. So I was in prep for pro show 20, end of 2020. What's that? October, November time. Yes. And during prep, it was July. I, hold on now, let me think. I got run over by a car on a pedestrian crossing. Yeah, and um, did that change your life? That experience? Yeah, I, crossing roads for at least six months after that, I would be like going to the lights, waiting for the green man, waiting for cars to actually stop. Because what happened? I I was crossing a pedestrian crossing. It was winter, doing a morning coffee walk, and this crossing was off the literally so close to a roundabout, and it was a blind spot for the driver that as the sun was coming up, and she just didn't see me. And so you've got two lanes of traffic so two um zebra crossings right yes. and i'm already through the first lot i've gone through the middle island and i'm like on the other side of the road on the pedestrian crossing and she's just hit me and i didn't like because the crossing was so close to the roundabout like it, it was just all very quick like i've already started walking because she hasn't turned and exited the roundabout yet oh you know my goodness and so i've hit this car my forehead ricocheted off her it must have been an suv off her bonnet i've got a little scar on my oh. eyebrow and then I like landed on my right shoulder a few meters away from the car. And at, the, at that time I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, uh, yeah. am I alive and what's broken? broken yeah. Um, yeah, I went to hospital, nothing broken, but I couldn't bring my arm up above my head. I was like, there's something wrong. Anyway, posterior dislocation of the shoulder. So it popped out the back and popped back in. Um, a few labral tears. So that went my plans for getting oh, on stage. God. COVID had obviously happened anyway, so it was very early doors with the whole COVID situation that we were all hoping that the shows would all still go on. I just ended up cutting my prep, I think, five weeks before everyone else cut theirs because COVID cancelled all the shows. Oh yeah, so that was the first year. <gasps> I get tingles every time oh, I tell that story. Oh my gosh, honestly, it really did change my You're life. I'm so lucky to be here. Oh, in, like and someone I, was looking down, whatever. Yeah, and it was, I was fortunate enough that the crossing was so close to the roundabout that she hadn't been able to pick up speed yeah could you imagine if she's going even oh, she would have been going 10 kilometers maybe right? 20 max right so like anything more than that i just think fuck it just collects. <laughs> who gets you. hit by a car and like survives with just a little bit of a freaking dislocated shoulder anyway yeah it made me i would after that i would see old men like shuffle across the road trying to run and like traffic coming i'm like 
mate, it's not worth it. Just wait. Just wait. Just yeah. fucking wait. <laughs> Just please wait because you're going to get hit by Yeah, car. even driving, hey, even driving after that accident, I was super cautious and careful of like where cars were. And I was like, that car's yeah. driving like a dickhead. I'm going to back off. Like I was just like hyper aware of everything. Yeah. And then how are you now when you cross the road? Yeah, fine now. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a few years now. Yeah, like, please, it's back to normal. <laughs> Come and get oh, me. Right. Um, and so then after that recovery and then all of the COVIDs, yeah. Um, Enter 2023, and did you think, oh, were you going to do another show? I was actually going to do another show in 2021. I was in prep again for... Holy crap. Yeah, so I had two planned preps that all went to shit, and I can't blame COVID for all of them. <laughs> COVID cancelled all of them anyway, but it wasn't the reason why I couldn't compete. Wow. So I'm in prep for again, because the pro, only pro show in Australia is at the end of the year, season yes. D, right, October, November time. So I'm in prep again. And second round of COVID hits and there's a Sydney show in July. I had 10 girls two weeks out <gasps> from competing, all in fucking insane. Emma was in that, oh. wasn't she? She, was, she looked the best that she's ever yeah. looked, yeah. Insane condition, two weeks out. So two weeks out, they're all fucking ready. Like all of them are ready. We're not chasing, we're not fucking around here. We're not chasing our tails like they're all ready. Two weeks out, gets canned, COVID. Like, oh. So all of these girls were, they'd already prepped through the first round of COVID, right? And I just wanted to see them yeah. get to stage. Most of them first time competitors. So they all decided that they were gonna do the October show. Gonna keep on prepping, reverse out, maintain condition, diet down again for the October show. Yeah. And I had to make the decision then that I cannot prep for my pro debut and have 10, 10 girls. girls waiting to get on stage when they have yet to even experience that so i made the call just to pull, pull, pull the pin on my prep and focus on them for that year yeah um that's really it, it i think that shows just how thorough and amazing you are yeah. as a coach and that you've actually got their best interest at heart because being a athlete and also prepping yourself you you, you can't I know people want to do do it all, but you can't. You can't. You you cannot, and it doesn't matter if you've got all the support in the world. You you mentally can't. Yeah. You, you, something would have to give. Yeah. And that's either going to be you having to sacrifice something for your prep, which I think if anyone was in the situation, they would be very honest with the fact that that's not going to happen. It yeah. would be the clients that would suffer, and that's not fair because they're paying for a service. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I made the decision that like it was all for them, focusing on them and their prep for the show, and which got fucking cancelled anyway. Got next COVID, anyway, far out. Yeah. So that was 2021. Yeah. So 2022, I was like, not a fucking chance. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing I'm this not again. Doing I'm just gonna eat my food. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna focus on the business and the clients, and then start thinking um, about 2023. So I hired my coach at the end of 2022 to start work for season B of 2023. And then you had your pro debut mm. just recently mm -hmm. in November. Yeah. Uh, the last WBFF show in Australia. Yes. Which is pretty cool to say. Oh my gosh. How was your pro debut? It was, um, what, what an experience first and foremost, like sharing the fitness stage with the caliber of athletes that I got to share the stage with was incredible. And I've shared this on my stories before, but when I first, when I first arrived in Australia, I was walking through Martin Place going to a job interview at a 
bank of all places. I lived the corporate life. And Miss Hattie Boydell was in Martin Place with the gym that her boyfriend owned at the time called Soul Train doing a bit of an expo, like a, a circuit-style workout in Martin Place wow. to obviously drive leads into their gym. Mm. And I walked past like, what the heck is this? Who is that? How do I get involved? All while walking to a job interview. So long story short, I joined that gym as a client. Um, it's still going now in Woolloomooloo at the top floor of a PCYC. It's an amazing gym called Soul Train. That is so cool. Yeah, so I started there as a client and then um, an opportunity came about to become a coach there. So I studied my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness, got out of the corporate life and started my personal training journey at Soul Train and then became head coach of the Sports Model Project when it was in-house in the gym. So... <sighs> That was all like 10 years ago and then getting into competing because I was coaching these girls in the gym that were going on stage, you know, ICN, IMBA, yeah. I was like, they had all these questions to me. I'm like, I have no idea. Like I've yeah. never been through the process. I don't know what to expect. So that's actually how I started competing was through Hattie, through being a coach at SMP. And it was just kind of full circle for me. Like when I turned pro, I thought it would be amazing to stand on a pro stage with Hattie, but the only opportunity to do that would be at Worlds because that's only the only place that she yes. competes. And when I saw that she was going to compete in Australia, I was like, yes! yes! It's going to be full circle going from like um, inspired seeing this woman doing her thing in the middle of Martin Place in Sydney to signing up as a client, coming on board as a coach, being inspired and influenced to get into competing to then stand on stage with her. See, that like, is freaking amazing. Yeah. So that was You're amazing. You're giving me lots of goosebumps today, oh, yeah. man. Seriously, that is really... Have you told her that? Yeah, I told her that, yeah. I told she her that. Like... Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was amazing. Um, just the whole experience of the day was amazing. Um, but my gosh, I actually got stage fright. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So... It wasn't because of your posing coach, was it? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I say this to my clients all the time, like, you cannot neglect your posing. And I should fucking take my own advice. <laughs> Does it happen when you're a pro that you kind of think like, oh, I'll be all right. I know what I'm doing. I'll mm -hmm. be able to, but no. So yeah, I uh, no, but I when I competed, I, I, I think I, I think I practiced like <laughs> three times, maybe four, <laughs> not even. And like I'm I'm literally with my clients. I'm like for five months every day, every day posing. Need to send me, and I'm like four times in a whole year's prep, and I'm like, oh, I've got it. Well, that was me as well. Like I did so much with my business leading up to the yes. pro show that dieting and training and cardio posing. I don't get me wrong. I did it. I just didn't give it the same level. Like that visualization, everything yeah. that you did when you won when your I pro, turned pro. Yeah. And so the difference in my confidence and my mindset going into my show where I turned pro versus my pro debut was totally different. Yes. Um, and I also had to, we could probably get into this, but I also had to dig really hard to bring in condition for fitness. Yeah. I had a really long prep and it wasn't that I didn't comply or I wasn't, you know, doing what my coach set out to do. I just had way more body fat to lose yeah. than anticipated. Well, that, that actually leads me into my next question because I wanted to know what, like, what differences did you notice between the two preps? Because we're getting older. Oh, yeah. You know, we're not spring chickens anymore. 37 this year now. Woohoo! <laughs> um, and your body definitely changed yeah. from all of those preps. What was the significant shift? Yeah, what it was you just had to dig. 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 The fat would not leave my lower limbs. Like, last preps, 
my midsection has always been last to lose the body fat. It's always been the last to come in. This prep just gone, I had abs fucking, I don't know, like four months out from the show. And were you like, oh, wow, this is yeah, going to be like, oh, easy. Is, yeah. And that's, I was saying that throughout my entire prep, but like it's both been easy and hard. And yeah. it was only in maybe the last eight weeks I was like, fuck, this is, I, I don't know how much more I need to dig for this, but like I'm getting on stage and I need to strip this fat off me. And that's what I said to my coach. Like, I, I don't know what else we need to do, but we need to do it now because it's just not leaving my body. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't because we weren't in the deficit. I wasn't like not doing what I was supposed to do. I wasn't doing like I was doing all the things, the change. And I don't know, hormonally, age, whatever it was. The differences to this prep was the fat distribution and how it left my body. That is crazy. So, yeah. Do we know why? Is it age, anything? Just I reckon just probably changes in hormones. Yeah. Um, probably a bit more of an estrogen dominant environment. The yeah. fat just would not leave my fucking and I, I said it to you in a couple yeah. of posing sessions I was like just go I'm literally dying I'm eating air Come on. I know well it's actually interesting um going off track a little bit but um I've got a client this season that's about to about to start with me she competed 20 years ago oh my gosh yeah 20 years when there was only figure like bikini didn't exist yeah. there was only figure and she's doing it again and I am just so interested to see how her body has changed and how yes. just how she experiences it because 20 years ago there was no social media there was nothing well um, it'd be interesting to see what her prep is like because i'm sure whoever yes. coached her back then she was probably following very much old school bro science yes. approach she is and now she's doing flexible yeah. and she she said she's just in this whole new this? world she's like what do you mean i could have a crumpet for breakfast like I thought it was just oats and yeah, egg whites. Rice? Chicken? No. Yeah, it's just hilarious. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I find that that's just fascinating with that. Yeah. Um, how did how did you find the posing changed over the, like over the shows and the years? I feel like, well, I think the change in WBFF was driven by what the top dogs were wanting and they didn't want yeah. it to be bodybuilding. Yes. So obviously that was all filtering through to our shows whereby they didn't want fitness girls in power poses mm. or holding hair up off your back. Like we don't want to flaring see your back. Your yeah, flaring your lats. I'm like, are you joking? Like the, my back is my best asset. Like uh, how am I not going to flex that? So I think it's just changed driven by those owners and where they wanted to take their federation. But now with um, WBFF in Australia no longer here and it's moving more to FMG, Yes. I think it's going to be another change in direction you know yeah. i think they do want to see that more like my, girls in australia that compete the standard that we have the the conditioning the muscle density it's insane like why do you it's think we've so many crowns in the world yeah. yeah so like why would you not show that off or why would you try and soften that and hide that through posing yeah. i personally think and i've been on the judging table in bikini there's too much there's too much dance movement happening there's, there's just too much and it's really distracting. There's way too many movements happening like mm -hmm. very, very, very quickly. I think bikini posing should be soft. It should be feminine. It should show and highlight your assets, but it shouldn't be so distracting that you're doing seven spins, hair flicking, Yeah, and voguing. the wheel like twirl of the hands and like the yeah. face stroking. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's probably a little bit too theatrical for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably the best way to describe yeah. it. It'd be interesting to see if they do um, – I know that I've asked them, like, is there going to be posing change? And then they said no. Like, But it'll be interesting to see that I think this year for FMG will be a really, um, like, them coming into their own. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if they do change any of, 
of yep. that theatrical kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so you are now officially an FMG pro. I am. You've transitioned. I transitioned. Transitioned. <laughs> um, are you? How do you feel about the whole move? Are you? I'm excited for yeah. it. I think change needed to happen, and there were so many things with WBFF that was spoken about behind closed doors. Yes. That people were afraid to speak up about for, out of fear of being marked down if you then go and compete or not looked at or you know whatever else may have occurred so I'm excited I think there's a real opportunity um for FMG to kind of step up and bring what was missing yeah so I think it's gonna and Ari as I said Ari and Pauline they just run such a great show being able to take what they do here and implement that into all shows overseas as well I think it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah, I'm really excited for them. Mm. Um, it would have taken a lot of courage 100%. and a lot of investment from their end to now go out on their own. Yeah, you know, there's so much stuff in business that you don't realize it costs money from setting up a new oh, yeah. federations, from trademarks to, yeah. you know, probably just alone they've probably dished out hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. um, and they probably won't see that back. For a you long know, time. for a couple of years, um, but it just really goes to show their passion. I think for helping athletes and giving them a platform yeah. to compete in. Yeah. Um, with all of your, you know, preps and being a athlete, what would be your best piece of advice? Now, it doesn't have to be for a beginner, yeah. but what would be something that you could tell Ella whether back in 2019 or, you know, 2016? Time that you can never have enough time for a prep like and prep isn't just about the fat loss it's not just about stripping off the fat and seeing what you got underneath Mm. you need to spend the time building muscle I cannot tell you how many clients I've coached that thought once they'd lost you know eight ten kilos they would look vastly different to what they did yes well they just didn't have the muscle underneath the fat what they thought they were going to look like wasn't there Mm -hmm. you need to invest the time in a coach that actually knows what they're doing, yeah. eating and building muscle. And then when it comes time to diet for your show, again, time. Like, Just the you, more, time, you, the the more time, the better. Because even if you ended up doing a 30-week prep, you have the opportunity to have frequent periods of time getting out of your deficit and going mm-hmm. into a diet break, which is going to help you preserve muscle tissue. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about competing that's healthy. But yeah. there are ways in which we can do it that have got your health at a bit more of a priority. Yeah. And that's what you, as a coach, yeah. like that's your main for Elevate. Elevate? Sorry. El- elevate. <laughs> elevate is a prenatal, actually, on vitamin. Oh, really? <laughs> it is. Um, it's el- yeah, ele- Elevate. Um, that's your main mission. Like mm. your main tagline yeah. is all about like doing a competition in the most sustainable health way, like in terms of... Yeah, because it it you can get low. Like you had to get really low. Oh my gosh! Like, and I still wasn't lean enough. <laughs> I just I, I, was, I lost over seventeen kilos I for just, my pro debut. I actually thought I actually thought my last stage weight was about fifty nine. In hindsight, now it was probably closer to fifty seven. And in my off season, my build I got to seventy five point one kilos. My stage weight around this time was about fifty seven point six seven. Wow! I probably needed to lose about another kilo of body yeah. fat. I also needed to have more size on my legs to do well in the fitness category. In the gluteus. Yeah. In the glutes. In, in the, the glutes, glutes and the hams. So, yeah, like time. Yeah. You need the time. Do you think you'll compete again? It's so funny. I, I worked so hard for my pro card, like so hard. And then when I got it, I was like, right, 
fucking doing this pro show and then they got cancelled multiple attempts and I was like I feel like if I had if I'd already done a pro show I might have retired already yeah so last year when I set out to do this show it was like one and done and I'm going all in you don't prep for a competition just to participate yeah like you're doing it because you want to win yeah and if you're not doing it because you don't want to win, like for, if you don't want to win, then you're kind of probably lying to yourself. Like if you're doing it just for a hobby to take a goal off, then great, fine. But like for the most part, you're, you're spending a lot of time, effort, money, energy. Yeah. You're doing it to win. So are you announcing your retirement as an athlete? <laughs> well, I said one and done. I said one pro show and I'm done. But then all these changes happen. So that- can you tell I'm a TV producer? Yeah. I was like, hit by a car, retirement. Great, I've got the podcast Headline. lines. Got it. <laughs> Ella Martin retires. I, I actually think I've probably got one more in me. Okay. I'm not. I'm not done now. If I had, because of these new changes, yeah. This is like a new federation. I get it. Right? It's new, and I feel like what I brought to the stage for my pro debut wasn't my best. Mm-hmm. So, couldn't can I retire after that? Let's no. wait for Hattie to retire. No. And then you can <laughs> She's 35 this year as well, so she'll be in the old bird category. <laughs> Damn it. No, I'm not done. I think I've got one more in me, but um, it definitely won't be 2024, maybe yeah. 2025. I need to put on a lot of size in the lower body yeah. um, and I need so to bring in conditioning. A bulk or like an off-season? Yeah, phase? definitely be in an off-season. Yeah. Um, key lessons from that last prep, I needed more time than I had. So I'd definitely think about that going into another prep, like dieting for a show. How much time did I have last time? How much weight did I lose during that period? And how much more time am I going to need to add on to that? Yeah. And the second thing to that is not get so fat in an off season. Like seven you weren't fat. No, but it, the build body phase, fat, body yeah. fat, in terms of how much fat I needed to strip off me to bring in conditioning for a fitness category. It was a lot. It was a lot. Was like, it 17 kilos? Over 17 kilos. So it, I remember it, you said that to me. and I, We were in the kitchen. I remember yeah. you were like, I've, lo- I've literally lost 17 kilos. And I went, are you actually kidding me? I know, Because you weren't, no. and this is the thing, you weren't obese. No. Like you weren't, it's crazy. <laughs> but that's the thing to step it up for fitness. That's yeah. the kind of levels that you need to get to. You know, it's not just gen wow. pop needing to lose five kilos to look better and feel better wow. putting a bikini on. So what phase, are you in maintenance now? What are you doing? Yeah, I just, um, I, 10 days after that show, I flew out to America. So I went... <laughs> I went blinkers on for like six, eight months to a show to like, oh, go to Peace holidays. Out. Yeah. Don't do that, kids. Don't do no. that. I always tell clients, try not to book a holiday immediately after yeah. your show. Like, especially if it's your first show, yeah. you want to have your coach there for a minimum of four weeks just to reverse diet. Your... Especially if you've never experienced the those hunger yeah. cues being all off all and then off. just binge eating and yeah. or just not knowing when to stop. Well, that's exactly right. Mm. My appetite regulation for the first week after the show was out of control. Yeah. But because I have that self-awareness, I knew that. It wasn't me just being like, oh, and just want to go raid the fridge or the pantry mm-hmm. and not being able to stop myself. Yeah. Well, it did help that I had no food because I'm a traveling gypsy and we were between <laughs> houses. So there was no food for us to eat anyway. But having that self-awareness, knowing that it's just my appetite regulation is not there yet. And I mm-hmm. need to be able to control that. Um, yeah. First time competitors don't get that and they don't yeah. understand that. And honestly, I only think only probably the last month mm. and that's been 11 months since yeah. I finished competing doing 10 years of preps. Yeah. Only last month my hunger is on point. Yeah, wow. Well, I'm in tune with it. Yeah. Whereas like even towards the end of last year I remember being in the studio and I would have just had breakfast and my breakfast probably would have been, I don't know, maybe 400 cows. Yeah. You know, nothing super heavy but nothing 
air. Mm. And for me, I'm a small person. So my maintenance is like, it's pretty shitty. It's like 1800 If I have 1900 I'll like start putting on weight. But um, I'm hoping that that will obviously um, get better as I spend more time in that, yeah. in that range. Um, but I would have had that breakfast and then an hour, well, not even, been like, oh, I want to eat again. I want to eat again. I want to eat to yeah. eat. Um, and it's now it's like, you can go a couple of hours. You will be okay. And You're now I don't even, I don't even, I think that if anyone is listening, no one ever explains this. Like they talk about the cravings and all of that stuff, but it's actually for me eating and then going and doing something. So whether that's working on my laptop or having a, a like a going for a walk with a friend or yeah. going and doing tasks yeah. or running errands without being hungry and thinking about the next meal. Yeah. Like I think that that's only for the past, like literally a month ago yeah. where I clicked going, Oh, I've actually haven't eaten in four hours and it's been I'm hungry yeah. now, but wow, I wasn't thinking about it the whole time. Yeah. Like, or I didn't feel like I had to always eat. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Yeah. So that's, that should be the goal for everybody mm. though, is to have that self-awareness and that it's hard in turn. That's why we've got those appetite signals. That's, that's your internal MFP telling you, Hey, it's time to eat yeah. now. And is it because, um, I know that all of the science stuff you're a huge fan of. Um, I am too, but you're an expert in it. I am not. <laughs> um, is it because that when you are dieting, it's suppressing all of those signals and you basically have to shut down those signals and say, yeah. shut up, bitch. Yeah. Like When you're comp prep, right, you, you get really good at telling that internal yeah. hunger signal to shut the fuck up. You, you suppress it yeah. with, by all means necessary because you cannot satisfy that. Yeah. So you're, you're an expert at that in prep. When you come out of prep, it takes time for that for to that. regulate and your internal hunger and satiety cues to kind of level out again because the drive to eat will still be high. Yeah. But you, you're just being really good at telling it to shut up. Yeah. And you don't know how to regulate that now until then, time. Until time. Exactly. And and I think, like they always say, um, uh, bring your food. It would, every individual is different, mm. but there's been a real common occurrence, which I've seen with a lot of my athletes as well as like, instead of doing the whole reverse diet thing, yeah. it's like, just bump your food up to your yeah. new maintenance. Yeah. It's way lower than your, your previous maintenance yep. and just gain a, a few extra kilos. Yep. But those cues will prevent you maybe gaining an extra 10. hundred percent. Yeah. That's the re- difference between a reverse diet and a recovery diet. Yeah. So you're getting your calories back up much quicker. The cons or the downside to that is you're going to accumulate body fat much quicker. Yeah. But the pro side to that is your hormone regulation, your appetite regulation is going to come back quicker, which means you're in better control of your food choices that you're not now having to go through the mental cycle of, oh, I just can't control myself. Why am I so hungry all the time? Eating, restricting food or going to do more uh, cardio to offset that. You're just going to level out. You guys, you've got to remember, like, the condition that you're in for comp prep is not sustainable for Mm. a normal female outside of that particular window and all of the fit pros that you see on instagram that are still rocking shredded abs or lean physiques you've got to ask yourself how are they achieving that and is that actually something i can even see myself doing a lot of these people make the money out of how they look a lot of these people are tracking their calories 365 days a week a lot of these people have so much control around that yeah and that's fine for them and it works for them is that what's going to work for you? Yeah. That has a nine to five and three kids and other shit going on in your life? No. And that you don't need to have your body in front of the camera 24-7. No. Yeah. So like gaining a few extra kilos quicker coming out of a comp prep, 
absolutely fine if it means it's going to get you in a better position long term to maintain that god that's amazing Mm. ah this year what are your plans sister 2024 oh my gosh what's yeah work life no plans for me getting on stage this year um just working on the business, yeah, cool. Elevate Coaching, um, bringing more competitors to the shows. We're going to sponsor um, FMG shows again this Great. year. We sponsored WBFF shows last year, so we're going to be a silver sponsor again for FMG. I'm excited. Um, yeah, I've got some girls in prep for the April show. got some girls in prep for the October show. Amazing. Um, we've just um, announced our sponsored athlete. We had a sponsored athlete ah. search happening last year, and we just so announced cool. our athlete. Is, this, is that the first year you've ever done it? First year, yeah. Wow. She's an FMG bikini pro um, in America. So <gasps> that yeah. is, so is she going to come out and do one of the shows here? No, she's going to do a, a show in um, in the states. Oh wow! Is there what, what's the calendar over there? Oh, so many. There are because I didn't know if they had international ones this year. Yes, and they have so. announced some dates already with more shows to be announced. So um, I'm excited for them. I think that. Um, you know, if anyone is listening that's not located in Australia, please look into FMG. If you like the glitz and the glam and the all of that kind of yeah. hoo-ha. Absolutely. So we've got LA, 14th of September. We've got the Australian show, the 19th of October, Dubai, the week Ooh, later. I'm, I that th- one, I think, is like... Cause I, do you know there's a there's a lot of expats mm, from all... All countries. over. I wonder why. <laughs> if anyone knows, you don't pay tax. No tax. 100% your money. <laughs> Literally, you pay no tax if you live in bloody Dubai. Anyway, next minute, we both... You, you of all people could actually move totally to Dubai. I would totally do it. And look, I want to actually go over for that show. I've got a, an ex-client that still lives that in Dubai. That was the last time we saw Ella. <laughs> yeah. See ya. I'm relocating. Uh, Dubai, 25th of October. We've got Dallas on the 14th of July. So yeah, there's heaps of shows. Wow. Mexico. Oh, that's exciting. So which one is the sponsored athlete going to do? Um, yet to be confirmed. Okay, cool. We've got to spend some time in an off-season building. Um, Amazing. Putting some muscle on. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to follow her journey. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, what is your favourite pose? <gasps> this is how we are in 2024. I'm doing this new thing where I end the podcast with asking what's your favourite pose. So it can be a, a specific pose. Like, yeah. you know, if you've got, I know you've got that, that front pose, right? That real epic one. But it could be a side that you like, you know, in terms of just you like side yeah. poses. Um, it can be a walk, it can be anything. But what is your favourite on you, on your physique? Yeah, back pose. Back pose. Back pose, legs spread, hands up. With legs, the legs spread apart. <laughs> That's elevated. But I'm just thinking the headline. <laughs> legs spread and then get hit by a car. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, yes, continue. Back pose for sure. Hair up off the back. Yeah. Lats engaged, like, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever feel when you are doing your back pose on stage, what's running through your mind? Oh. Because I know when you're, from my experience, when you're in the front and the sides, you're obviously like, oh my God, I'm doing this. Oh, wow. There's the judges. There's the audience. Oh my God, am I sucking in? Am I doing everything right? And then in the back pose, like there's, it's that weird of, you, you don't know what's happening. Yeah. I think I'm I'm more so just going by can I feel that? Yeah. Can I feel my lat engaged? Can I feel my glute popping? Can I feel that stretch in my glute hammy? Like are my feet externally rotating? Am I getting that arch in the back like uh, yeah, just like tension. Is everything on? Is everything engaged? Like what am I feeling? It's probably more so than anything else. 
Yeah. Well, I think your back pose is pretty good. Oh, I also think your front power pose is awesome too. Yeah. But it's really hard to do, so probably not your favorite because it's uncomfortable. It's, yeah. Uh, which then – now – a little bit of a sprig. If anyone wants to find you, work with you, because you yourself have a podcast as yeah. well, um, give us a little wrap-up of how people can find more about you if they're falling in love with you on this podcast. Great. Well, you can find us at uh, our website. It's elevate, E-L-L-A-V-A-T-E coaching.com.au a um, couple of Instagram pages mine's going to be Ella Martin M-A-R-T-Y-N or Ella Vate underscore coaching or I'll Ella Vate underscore comp underscore prep we've got a couple of pages for lifestyle coaching and comp prep yeah cool um, I'll put all of your details in the show notes too excellent and yeah we've got a podcast Where Were We that I do with a good friend of mine Ali we'll have to get you on the podcast oh gosh with so many things that we could talk about I'll talk about anything yeah yeah alright done I love it Yeah. so I'll that's Where on. Were We yeah, that's a, it's a great podcast. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Ella. I know you and I could talk about oh, hours, literally hours. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to chit chat or say anything about posing, comp, anything related, athletes? Um, hmm. I actually would love to finish with a little thing about how to coach like finding your coach yeah because I'm in a lot of Facebook groups and it's crazy to me how many how many athletes settle for really shit coaches yes like it it baffles me it actually baffles me and I think it baffles me because my standards as a coach are like very much and the expectations are outlined from the get-go client knows exactly what they're getting when they sign up to elevate there are people in these Facebook groups that are like, oh, you're just not giving 100%. How can you expect your coach to give you 100% if you're not giving your coach 100%? I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> Sometimes people need help to be able to give 100%. They're just, you know, some people aren't just that way inclined to be able to like, yeah. here's the plan and I'm going to execute it. Or, or they lost. don't understand or life's throwing them a curveball or, you know, that's where coaching <laughs> comes <laughs> into play. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to leave you with a little tip. If you are unhappy with your coach, if you're not getting your check-ins done at the expected check-in time or you're getting red flags, it's the only industry where we accept really shit practices. Mm. You need to fire your coach. You need to find a good one. Yeah, I love that. Don't don't ex- don't accept really shit coaching practices. If there's a red flag and you're not happy, that should be enough for you to go, I'm not paying you anymore, I need to go find somebody else. Yeah, and I think because in this industry, because it is quite a vulnerable Mm. um, thing, you know, in terms of most of the clients, you're looking at them where they don't have any clothes on and they're really sharing their insecurities because obviously a lot of their insecurities stem from how they look. And I find that even myself, when I ask clients, I'll always ask them like, How's your coach going? How's the communication going? Because I see, yeah, just there's no mandating of the industry. Mm -mm. Um, I know there's no duty of care and a lot of the coaches are just sad. But the athlete actually feels, or the client if they're not a um, competitor, they feel really um, torn because they've formed this connection, connection, this friendship. And it's like I understand that but you – you're paying for you're not paying for a friend. No. You're paying for a service. Um, when I have a client, when they always come to me, when I have the first initial like consult call with them or yep. meeting with them, I, I look them in the eyes and I say, "I'm your coach first, and I'm your friend second. Yep. And I heard a coach say, "No, I'm your friend first, and I'm your coach second. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm not your friend. Like you pay me for a job, and I and you should expect me to do something. Just yep. how. You're my client. I expect you to do what I'm telling you to do. You know, obviously with a yeah a string. You know, they can 
loosely. Um, but then it makes the whole situation easier yeah. if if the coach is not doing what's needed, they can say something and then vice versa. Exactly right. If the client is like not sticking to the macros or not doing, in my case, the posing that they need to do, exactly, you can then go to them and yep. crack the whip. Yep. Um, I love that. Thank you for mentioning that. It's yep. really important. And I think if there are any coaches that are listening as well, it doesn't mean that you have to work harder um, or more hours or anything like that. It's just about having some simple practices in place. Exactly. Um, and clear communication. I think that's the biggest thing is yeah. communicating what kind of coach you, you are and the level of feedback that you're willing to get. Yeah, set those expectations. Um, that doesn't yeah. mean you're on you know 24-hour support. Contact me on WhatsApp any time yeah. of the day. No, that's that's you need to set boundaries. Yes. <laughs> and that's why I have the WhatsApp auto response. Yeah. Good. Uh, so I've just found it. So do you know about it? I do not, no. but I don't use WhatsApp I with my clients though. So yeah. uh, there's a WhatsApp business now. Mm. So it's a complete thing. And I have, because I am notorious for having clients and I mean this from a place of love because I love them, but I would say 75% of my clients message me after the hours. So they message me 9 p.m. Yeah. All the way through until 6 a.m. Yeah. So hardly any messaging actually happens from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah. Because they're doing their life, right? Yeah. But when they want to message me, it's there. Um, And so now from the hours of 6 p.m. to 8 a.m., I have an auto response. Good. um, Which is crazy. Um, And I think it will, not so much now because it's January and so there's no crazy prep people yet. But I think that's really going to come in handy. Definitely. You know, when they start to message me at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. When they can't Um, sleep because prep brain has kept you awake. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) mate, you don't need to know about your front pose at four o'clock in the morning. You're going to be fine. You can wait till 8am. Well, that's good boundaries. So well done. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Ask me in a little bit and see how I've gone with that. Um, But because it sends it, I actually can't then respond reply. at an odd hour like I can but then it will won't make that order the order report like response won't make sense yeah. the client will get confused yeah so now I because I actually have it like sometimes I put 8 a.m so now I'm like oh shit okay because I wake up at four yeah it's like I can't I can't write I can't, I can't do can't my responses back. I can't do that <laughs> I can only do them at eight but that, that's what I need which is good um thank you so much for spending your time thank you and being on me. this podcast um for everyone I will put all of the show notes uh below thank you for listening if you are doing cardio keep going you good thing you got um it. please share us like us do all that thing and I, you know it just means the world to me to have this podcast and to be able to chit chat and do this stuff so I know that I say like and subscribe and do all that stuff but can you please actually do it because it helps support us it helps support um you know more guests coming on and I just really 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 appreciate it from the bottom of my heart thank you so much Ella uh, that's it we'll chat to you next time bye <laughs>